Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Human Side of Learning and Talent Technology. My name is Bennett Jensen, Chris Bond, Tiffany Faulkner. They're here with me as always. How are y'all today? I'm doing great. Just dandy. Excellent. We're diving into some more trends and tips and best practices and just what's going on in the industry of learning and talent, process, technology, our clients, what you're doing, how everything's impacting the world and your business, and and just love to have these conversations every week. Hope you're enjoying it too. Uh, Today, we're continuing our thoughts around evaluation of learning and talent technology, Um, evaluating where you're at, what the ecosystem you've built looks like. If you haven't built an ecosystem around learning and talent technology in your organization, should you? Where, where should you go with that? What other technologies are out there to, to help impact that? And we're really going to focus today on what does that even really mean? How do I do that? What is, what is the process? Is it different across different types of organizations, different sizes of organizations, those types of things? But first, I really wanted to um, tell you a story real quick. So we, we give Chris a hard time about a lot of things because, well, he's the CEO of the company and it's just, it's just fun to do that because he gives us a hard, <laughs> hard time around a lot of things, too. Uh, and we really like to... Pay uh, it forward. Just, yeah, pay it forward, have some fun. Uh, so we've been doing this podcast, Tiffany, for what? About six, seven weeks now. Mm-hmm. We've done, I think, f- five or six or seven recording sessions. Chris wears the exact same thing every time. <laughs> but it's a Blue Water shirt. It's a really nice Blue Water shirt that we wear at our conferences but he has a vest over it. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can never actually tell that there's a Blue Water logo. It just looks like he's got one shirt in his closet, a blue shirt. I get what he's going for, but as a casual viewer, you might be like, Does he ever change his clothes? Yeah, why does he just have one shirt in his closet or at least seven shades of blue in his closet? (laughs) (laughs) So we've been giving him a hard time about it, and this morning we, we did as well, and all of a sudden he comes back in with... A T-shirt over his blue shirt now. <laughs> Chris, give us a little insight of what this T-shirt is and, and why you chose to, uh, to put it on today. <laughs> well, it happened to be a T-shirt that was, that was hanging in my office, and it's been there for quite a while. I hadn't actually put it on in a while, but it's Flynn Lives, Tron. Um, mm. So for all those that are geeked out on all the Tron movies, uh, as I used to, it was one of those that, that actually as you used got, to it used to okay maybe I still <laughs> yeah, do it's still there so yeah back in the 80s when the first Tron came out uh-huh. that was one of the things that just kind of got me into computers and technology and so I got a Flynn Lives t-shirt so I put this over because y'all were teasing me about the fact that oh, there's a Blue Water shirt again now I'll tell you this when I was recently doing construction on our bathroom and so we had to clean out all of our closets. And in the back corner of the closet, there's like these t-shirt, or these shirts that we would save. So there's like the Planoet Captain's Dad, and then there's the Band Dad shirt, and I even had the Band Mom shirt, and the, <laughs> uh, and the you know from Plano and from Vi. I mean, every single one of those shirts. But then there were the old Blue Water Conference shirts. And we yes. had polo shirts. The many colors of The many shirts. colors of conference shirts. And they weren't blue. In fact, one of the ones that, that was best was the yellow Blue Water shirts. I'm going to just add, 
that does not need to come back. Yellow does not work for me and my complexion. It doesn't work for you? <laughs> no. Well, I'm wondering why you're always wearing maroon. Didn't we have an orange podcasts? one, too? Me. Oh, yeah. I was going to get to that. So, so we that had doesn't work yellow. for me because I had like the a yellow. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the orange one, there was a conference that was the week of Halloween, and we went and had orange blue water shirts made. Um, and we actually used to have in our logo this little bit of orange in there. So we got them made, and we wore them, and, yeah, we all kind of look like pumpkins um but i found some of those orange shirts so i don't know maybe i'll go back to the to the old blue water shirts and just go through uh no. and we'll, tiffany no. i'm not saying you have to wear oh, okay. but special maybe order a yellow one for tiffany special nope. order actually there's Out. three or four of them because apparently i didn't just keep one i kept multiple so there's a lady still in there I'm bringing it for you, Tiffany. And I will not be wearing it, Chris. (laughs) Um, Also, I want to point out, so what you've basically told us is you have many more shirts besides the blue one, but you still only wear the blue one. Uh, On the podcast, yeah, I'm just wearing the blue one. Because even the shirt has been hanging in your office for quite some time. It's never been worn. That that is correct. Okay. That is correct. So, But we put it over the blue shirt. So now we... Now it's stylish. Tron and... And Flynn lives. So I don't know. Maybe this becomes a thing and I'll just wear T-shirts over my blue shirt. Um, Or I might bring in the orange or the yellow shirt. Nah, the orange one, definitely. It's not the right time of year. It'd have to be Halloween. But yet you, me, and everybody would look like a You can't wear white after Labor Day and before Memorial Day. You can't wear orange. That was Easter. Okay, guys. Right. If you see me on YouTube, but, you know but, I'm not but a fashionista. But he's going to say, but I'm sitting here wearing a Tron t-shirt over a blue shirt, so I'm not the vet. We'll, we'll, we're going to always defer to Tiffany, yes. who always looks nice on these But also podcasts. always wears maroon when we record, it seems like, too. No, I wear blue because it brings out my eyes, not because it's a blue water shirt. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Oh, so fashion funny. advice, funny. not from me and Chris, definitely is, from Tiffany, if, that you, is if you're true. looking for any of that. <laughs> Although, that Chris, you are, you are a pretty dapper man when when you choose to be. Well, when we're not recording well, podcasts. When we're well, not recording podcasts. I mean, you podcasts. look nice still, too, but you do have I'm a very nice I'm trying to go nice more casual time. rather than my we suit. Just like are you trying to reel it in thing. from giving him a hard time? No, I just said we like <laughs> still like to give you a hard time, but yeah, don't want to give a false representation of... To our listeners of, Fair. of Chris, just the fact that we we'll, we'll come in with jacket and tie one day. Can That's I just not kind of a podcast? Just list, want though. to make sure we're all clear though. The t-shirt over the business shirt is not dapper. Okay. Okay. Noted. <laughs> Agree to disagree on that one, I guess. I think, I think you should go to your next executive meeting with that look right there. But that's just me. What do I know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll just wear the T-shirt next time. Yeah. Yeah, we can geek out. So anybody who's listening, just say, send me a T-shirt or come up with a T-shirt that I ought to wear, and we'll wear it over the blue shirt. Who knows? If it's a Star Wars shirt, he's got all of those already. So that's a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> also, also mo- you know what? Maybe not ever. I don't have a Mandalorian shirt. Oh. Or a Grogu shirt. Good to know. Your birthday is coming up. So. Yeah, there you go. All no right. Noted. You can give me a Grogu shirt. A Kroger shirt? Grogu. <laughs> oh. That's Baby Yoda. Oh, okay. I've never See, he has a name. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, hopefully I got that right. But if I didn't, somebody can correct me on it. All right. Anyway, sure all, fun, all fun with fashion. Thanks for making fun of me on my blue shirt. You are very welcome. With that, we will move on <laughs> to learning and talent technology evaluation. Tiffany, yes. why don't you get us started on 
impact, why it's necessary, what the process looks like. Just set us up here with with uh, the evaluation. Sure. So last week we talked a little bit about the why. I think this week it's important to kind of get the what out. And so what does an evaluation look like? Where do you start? And, you know, going back to the theme of our podcast and you've heard us and it's really our mantra around here is you want to start with what the business requirements are, the business drivers are. Um, again, you can have all the technology in the world, but there's a reason and a purpose for each one. And you, and you ultimately want to align everything that you're doing back up to the business drivers. So understanding uh, across the, the your corporate landscape or, or your organization's landscape, what are your business drivers? Having that clear and then taking in, in you know, I, I tell our clients, everything you're using, everything. Each piece of technology that you're using, and if it touches somewhere in the employee life cycle, then let, let's jot it down. And then you kind of map out where are they connected, where are some intersection points, where is their duplication of, of the of purpose, right? Line that out. The next thing that we like to do is take each of those and what is what is the business driver or the requirement that it's it's answering, if you will, or solving. And then you lay it out and you begin to see a little bit clearly, why do you have everything? What is it doing? Where's it connected? Where's it not? Where's it adopted? Because that's a big thing too. You might have the right software, but nobody's using it. What do you do about that? So it begins to kind of lay out the facts on the table and then you can start putting together what is your plan to address, to um, eliminate things, to better leverage things or implement them into the day-to-day for the employees. What does change management look like? Maybe we maybe we were in a hurry when we were pivoting and we pushed something out, but we really didn't do a good job with change management. And so we're not getting the, it's not being leveraged like we expect it to. So that. For me, the what is is starting with what are your business drivers and then lining out what is the, the technology that you have and then what is the business driver that it's answering. Tiffany, Chris? I love the look at everything on the technology because you need to have a broad reach for what technologies are being used to educate, mm-hmm. right? And, and even when we look at tools you might not think uh, have education, uh, included in them, we even see ERPs that have help files. Well, those mm-hmm. ERP help files actually are part of an education process, especially if it's beginning to drive some level of learning in the flow of work. Mm-hmm. So have a broad reach, and then you can narrow it down, but don't just say, well, I've got an LMS, that's my learning technology, because that's not it. you got to go very, very broad in that process. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of stuff to look at. Um, and that, you know, that's, that's a great thing mm-hmm. um, to be able to have that as opportunities to go leverage other technologies. I think there's a great place to drive a business case in here for your ability as a learning leader or a business leader to say, I'm going to utilize more of what we have in order to be able to drive better learning mm-hmm. and more uh, productivity from learning and achieve the results that we're looking for from the business without spending any money because I went and evaluated and I said, ooh, you know what? We can use that one tool to be able to go um, and move that forward. I want to add, we talk about a learning and education, but it's directly tied into development of your your most important asset, which is your people, mm-hmm. right? So it, it it's directly tied to that. So it's, for me, it's, 
anything that's educating person or has something that um, they can leverage to learn what they're doing or how they do their job, but anything that they touch during the day. You know, teams, I'm going to go back to that. I mentioned it last week. A lot of people might come into that as, well, that's our communication tool, our virtual communication tool. But then you can create social learning groups there. You can, you still, you know, we use, we heavily use Teams and how we put information out there for our, our teams to work and, and learn off of each other. And the information that we post there is important. So it's anywhere where they're, they're a system that they're using on a regular basis where they have to learn about it, know, know about it, and there's resources for that. Anything that they're touching just by day-to-day in, in terms of their employment. I mean, even when you're going to the HR system as the as an employee looking for your information, there, that is still something that lays in, in this um, ecosystem that we're talking about. So, so go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. I, well, I was going to shift topic a little bit, so... Yeah. Well, I wanted to follow up on that and, and ask a question if I could before yeah, you sure, shift the topic. So, so Tiffany, when you're looking at that and when you and your team are going through and, and evaluating, I mean, how often are you finding waste in learning technology spent, right? So there's stuff out there that they bought and they're like, ooh, help me figure out how to go use this or you just figure out, you know what, that this was a purpose fit maybe we're never going to use it, but how often is there their waste or things that are just never going to get used when y'all are doing that technology evaluation? Um, so the answer is it depends, but where we see I it, have expected that as an answer, <laughs> where we see it a lot is especially when you have a little bit of a larger organization where, um, groups or business units have some of their own discretionary funding for this stuff. And then the corporate organization rolls out, this is the tool we're using corporately. Then we find a lot of, but this location had already purchased X, Y, and Z, or this location just uses whatever technology and they're not leveraging or adopting the corporate push. So that's where we see that a lot more, but there's Mm -hmm. certainly um, pieces. And I think we're seeing a little bit, you know, as people pivoted really quickly where there's been some overlap where more than one person went out and made a purchase um, to, to solve a problem and not, you know, the left hand and the right hand aren't always talking in the organizations. Yeah. So that overlap, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, that it's a bad position sure. to say, well, I've got a corporate LMS, but then the sales department bought another piece of learning technology. What I think I heard you say was the fact that they're not leveraged together and right. they're independent, that's where you begin to get the waste because now you do have the overlap and you're not taking advantage of the fact that there's a lot of great stuff going on in multiple places at right. one time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's that's awesome. So, so that for our listeners says in the evaluation when Tiffany was talking broad and wide, that doesn't mean just, okay, I'm gonna go look at all the technology that our learning and our HR and talent and HR department own. No. What about the entire business and what does that really look like? And what are all the tools that everybody's using? Mm -hmm. Because there's different needs in a sales department than a manufacturing line, than a quality of service line, than a customer service line. So all of that is A lot of times those pieces are just solved by an integration, right? We could do a third-party integration to the LMS. Now you've collected all that data in one place, Mm -hmm. but people are still able to engage in the way that it makes sense based on what they're doing, what their daily work looks like. Great. So I had a, a thought while we were going through that. Um, you know, obviously at Blue Water, we 
this one of the many things that we do is, is really helping to guide an organization on that evaluation process. So I wanted to dive into your thoughts, Chris, first on, okay, I, I'm sitting as a CLO for a, um, you know, an enterprise company, a mid-market company, whatever that may be, and I have a nice team built you know, underneath me to, to really support all the, the goals and what I'm trying to do. When I'm starting or even in the middle of an evaluation of technology in my, in my ecosystem, do I can, I can I rely just on my team to go through that evaluation process, or what areas of the business do I really need to target? Who do I need to talk to? Mm-hmm. What level do I need to go down to? How do I truly get the data I need to support that evaluation? Yep. It, it can't just be siloed in my team that have one function in the technology versus my employees and, and, and users across the whole organization, right? No, that's a great point. And we'll go back to Tiffany. One of the things you said at the beginning was start with the business drivers. So yes, your team can go look at technology, but I would always advise that your team have a third party go look at that technology as well. Because sometimes you get so used to things, it's like, man, I love my car. I've been driving my car forever. It's a great car. And then you go get in my car and go, man, this thing's kind of worn out and mm-hmm. and it needs some help. And I'm hearing a weird noise uh, clacking in the car and it's like, I don't know what that is. I've never even heard that before until <laughs> you pointed out. it. So you need that from a technology evaluation. But let's go back to the business and the business drivers. You need to talk to the business leaders that you're trying to impact, Mm -hmm. right? So if we go back to what are the goals and the requirements, what are the challenges that a business is trying to overcome? If you're going to impact through learning and talent activities, you've got to be having conversations with those business leaders around what they really need. You need to talk to the people that work for them to say, what are the operational processes? What do things really look like? inside your organization, you might find out that they're doing something a little different. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, I was talking with one person who I said, hey, you ought to go do this. And he went out and did it. And you know what he found out? There's a YouTube channel around sales. And this sales leader was putting all of his salespeople through, go watch one of these videos a day. And that was a big part of their how to go educate around the challenger Mm -hmm. sales model was go watch the YouTube videos. Well, this learning leader had absolutely no idea that that was going on and also how effective that was. Right. Right. So it wasn't that's negative. You're going to YouTube and you're learning. No, it was really effective part of the process. But by beginning to ask the business leader that question that was over the sales organization and then the sales organization looking at the processes here's what we're doing this is very effective that's a great information but then how are you capturing that that's going on as a part of your ecosystem drives into the business case so you have to go out and have conversations with the business leaders Mm -hmm. these are not in-depth give me all your processes Mm -hmm. i want to map everything for you you need to go develop that relationship to understand what they're doing what's special what's unique and where is it that you can work to begin to overcome business drivers seems like real common sense stuff but there's a lot of people that are not taking that step and they're kind of where your question was going, I think, Ben, it is, can myself and my team just go evaluate this technology in a vacuum? No. No. You have to go talk to 
the people that you're really trying to have an impact on to find out what they need because my guess is at least half of the time what you think they need and what they actually need are two completely separate things. Exactly. So, and, and I want to add to that is don't try to solve for the business. Try to solve with the business. Oh, I like that. Right? Yeah. That, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who go out and, well, they, they wouldn't purchase their, purchase their LMS. We're going to force them on. And it's like, hold, let's find out why they purchased whatever they did and and what's the impact to them so you know no no business leader wants to again i've said this a few times just spend money right the name of the game is to make money so why there was a reason why they brought on that extra piece of technology don't come out of but i'm telling you what the solution is because you're not going to get the uh, the cooperation and the support from the business and at the end of the day the problem is theirs and they're trying to solve it for and, and line that back up to their business drivers. The team approach there is always going to and always has, in, in, in our experience, been more effective. Yeah, I less think, painful too. Timothy, that's great because it's all about the relationship, mm-hmm. right? If if you're developing a relationship with that business leader, then mm-hmm. that business leader may call you and say, "Hey, I've got something that we're working on." Can you help me? Right. Can you be a part of this process? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the collaborative mechanism here of the evaluation may help open up doors for you in a way that you haven't before. Because what we can't be in the learning industry is dictators. Mm-mm. I have my technology. I have my way. I know best how everybody to learn. And I'm going to go tell everybody how to do it. If you don't do it, you're bad. Bad on you. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's just work. the wrong approach. You're never going to get where you need to be, and you're going to be stuffed in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, we see people that get stuffed in that box. Yep. But you go out and collaborate. You begin to learn what's going on in the business. You have those conversations. Man, the value that you will have to the organization as you move through the mechanism of evaluating what's going on with, with your learning technology and the fact that you're doing that to put – the entire organization in a better position Mm long-term, fantastic. Um, And I think you're going to reap great, great rewards. So as, so we've talked about this in fix it or ditch it um, our our, our couple episodes ago, the evaluation process is certainly not a, um, doesn't lead to automatically saying, okay, I need to change technology, right? It's, it's, it's evaluation. It's, just like you said with the car, if something's wrong with a little bit of making a noise in the back and I get it evaluated and I realize it's a pretty easy fix. It's not going to cost me that much money. Yep. Let's get it fixed. And now it's back to working 100% for me. So obviously the evaluation process is not um, us saying, go change your technology. Maybe mm-hmm. add some technology into existing technology, but not just immediately, you need new technology. Yeah. Or so, it, could be, it could be Tiffany's example of, we have technology that's actually working. It's just not connected yeah. together, yeah. Yeah. either in technology or process. So just go add that in, and all of a sudden you just increased your value to the organization by X percentage. The, the so, evaluation exposes the strengths and weaknesses in your learning and talent ecosystem so that you know where they are, what can you do with them, and where can you continue to build? Right. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, Chris, I think is, while I'm evaluating my current technologies, how much role does that vendor play in my evaluation process? Do I invite them to the table for 
all the conversations, some of the conversations, what do I need to learn or what can I put on the vendor to help me with during that evaluation process? Because I think the, the relationship with the vendor is key in their ability to support you, whether whatever mm-hmm. support model you're on and recommend things and, and help understand your business is a key part of that relationship. So how much play or how much interaction with the, with that specific vendor should I have during my evaluation process? That is a great question. Um, and Thank my, you. my answer is, is not going to be, it depends. I'm going to be very specific I here. I had a specific one too. Oh, you on have this. a specific, yeah. Yes, but I, you go No, first. no, yeah. no. Yeah. But I answer it depends all the time. So <laughs> that's what I was referencing. Anyway, before you include a vendor in any part of the evaluation, you must go do the work yourself to map out and understand what's going on in the business. You need to map out and understand your entire ecosystem, right? Once you get to that point and you identify the gaps in the process, so let's go in and say, I've got gaps inside user experience. I'm not getting what I need out of user experience. Okay, and now I want to go bring a vendor in to look at that. They're going to myopically look and try to fix their user experience problem versus trying to fix your user experience problem. There's a difference there in what I said Mm -hmm. because they'll consider it their problem. You have a problem as well. So if you're mapping all that and you understand it up front, it will give you great objectivity because the vendor can't help it. They're there. They want to promote what they've got. Sure. They're not going to go out and say, well, you know, actually we can't do that just-in-time learning or that learning in the flow of work, but here's another piece of technology. Sure. They're going to go try to force-fit how that technology might work in the evaluation. You need to have your head clear before you get into that. So, so absolutely map out what you need from the business side. Go map out your technology. Understand what you have before you bring the vendor in. It's going to provide you greater clarity and allow you to provide directions to the vendor. Now, the final piece of that is, do I want the vendor vendor involved in the process at all? The answer is yes, you absolutely want the vendor involved at the right moment, at the Mm -hmm. right time. They're your partner. They should be involved in that process, but at the right moment in time is when they should be involved. I want to add to what Chris is saying. By the way, I had a very similar answer. That's excellent. Awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, it's also, you know, we talked about aligning those requirements. What's it to each of the system? Is, is it meeting the requirements? Is, are there gaps? Um, the other part is you're really doing this and you, you got to have a future-looking plan, right? So it's, it's right now, but also mm-hmm. where are you trying to go? And that's part of your business drivers, right? So once you know, let's say you've got, your LMS, you know where it's working well, you know what requirements are your business drivers it's meeting, you also can identify the gaps, but you also need to look at that from, is it going to continue to meet my need? Like you said last time in the podcast is understanding your vendor's roadmap is important. And so having those conversations proactively with your vendor first, all the all the organizations we work with are op- want to have and drive those future looking conversations with clients. So it's it's what you said, Chris, but on top of that, hey, th- we're working really well right now, but here's here's my roadmap and where I'm headed. Yeah. Let's talk about how your roadmap lines up to that. Yeah, I think that's a great point on, 
on the roadmap and the fact that you you have to be future looking and you need the vendor to help you evaluate how your roadmap aligns with theirs. Mm -hmm. And that's almost a problem that I would give to the vendor to solve, right? Yeah. Not give me your roadmap and I'll go figure it out. No, let's go make the vendor work for this. So here's my roadmap. You tell me how your roadmap matches to my roadmap and when it's going to happen. And, and those pieces, um, I think that's a, I think that's a great strategy because again, you want the vendor to work for you in this. It's not just about, the technology, but the technology is part of the partnership and the relationship. Because I know when we help run selection projects to go pick new technology, and I stay very involved in those, the number one thing that I will look to evaluate is relationship. Mm -hmm. Can you as an organization have a great relationship with this vendor because that partnership is so important? And so you need to treat them as a partner and bring them in and not treat them as just a vendor, right? Yep. If you treat yep. them as a vendor, now you're going to get into a little a, bit of trouble because a reason it's, it's a, It's know. called software as a service. These are the cloud systems because it's not just a product you're buying off the shelf. It is a true mm-hmm. service that you're, you're signing up for, for the, for the, you know, whatever the, the term is, but for the long term, yeah. you're expecting them to provide just as much service as, as, as you are providing to your employees with the, with the tool, so. Yep. I wanna add too, most of the vendors, you know, when they're looking at where their product's going, they're taking into consideration the voice of the customer, right? Some are better at it than others, yeah. right? <laughs> but I think it's it's by having that conversation with them and getting them to, you know, help you with aligning the roadmap and driving that, you as a customer ha- have the ability to potentially impact that roadmap that mm-hmm. the vendor's coming out with too. So it's not just a, yep, nope, yep, it matches. It's more of a, let's talk about it more. What's the business case around it? Because especially if you're leveraging a, a SaaS product, you're probably not the only client with the mm-hmm. with the request or with the ask. Drive those conversations in and so that you can impact the the roadmap. It goes into the relationship, but it also goes into to you know fitting into your business drivers and your ecosystem. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the the big things that you've got to consider in any evaluation and and I would just guide you to think think about this in your process is how do I go simplify? Mm -hmm. Because the majority of the issues that we see people have with learning technology is because they've made them so complicated that they're really hard, not just for the end user to work. In fact, many times they go fix the UX problem on the end user side and it looks great and awesome, but it's so complicated on the back end that it's almost impossible to be able to manage. And manage with the resources that you have available. So simplification should be a big goal uh, that you're shooting after when you're evaluating the technology. Can I simplify? Simplify may mean reduction of technologies. It may not. Mm -hmm. It may be that I just have to simplify the process and the method for how I'm working a lot as well. Of, a lot of time that simplification comes in in evaluating the process because um, I tell our clients all the time, just because it can do it doesn't mean it should do it, right? <laughs> a lot of clients want yeah. every step of the process into the system and it's great if it makes sense from usability, interaction, from a data collection, but sometimes then you make it 
so complicated that nobody wants to use it, right? Um, so that's a mm -hmm. lot of times it's just evaluate the process. We might be able to simplify and it has nothing to do with the technology itself. Yeah. I think the simplification, one of the places that it leads into is business case. Mm -hmm. Because we've talked about the business drivers. We're evaluating the technology. If you honestly evaluate your technology and go through some of the steps we were talking about, you're going to make changes. Mm -hmm. Those changes more than likely are not ditch the core of my technology sure. and start all over again. They're more than likely what you just said, Tiffany. I need to update some process. I need to go think about things a little bit differently. Maybe I need to remove some content. I need to simplify. There may be a technology gap that I have that can be filled with another vendor that actually fits directly into the ecosystem that can begin to solve a problem. It mm -hmm. could be the interconnectivity between technology and truly looking at this as an overall ecosystem. And whatever you're doing around those changes, you're going to need to create a business case. You need to do that. Just yeah. going in and saying, here's what I want to do, here's my plan, and here's how much it costs. But why? That, those days are kind of past. Mm -hmm. We're now at a point to where you need to go answer the why. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing it? What am I doing it? You know, what am I doing? How much is it going to, you know, how am I going to do it? And what's it going to cost? And right? how long is it going to take? Yeah, and how long is that going to take? And is there a way to make incremental progress? Really getting into the business case and looking at financial impact becomes critical. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the beginning of the conversation where we're talking about relationship with business leaders. The business leaders are going to help you build out that business case. Mm -hmm. It's not going to take a lot of information to be able to go justify what the impact is. Because once you begin to have your plan, you go walk back to the business leader and say, here's three options. If I were to do any of these three, which would have the greatest impact on your business? Great. Option number two. Option number two is is what we'll focus on. If I do number two, then tell me. Give me an idea of what the impact is. Right. Let's talk about it in terms of relationship with people, in money, is it more sales, less time to competency, all those factors. Now bring that back to your business case, and you can justify the expense of making any of the changes that you have. And you may even find in that business case that the dollars and cents mean yeah, there may be some technology that I need to offload. Mm -hmm. There may be a lot of technology to offload. More than likely, what it's going to say is, I just need to do a better job of using what I have. Right. And I've got some gaps that I need to feed pieces in. But that business case is a really, really important part of the process. And, and I would just encourage all of our audience, do not shy away from the business case. Mm -hmm. You will learn so much when you go through that process that will help you on your career, no matter where you are in that stage of life, to get to kind of that, that next level mm -hmm. of leadership that you want to grow in. And as you're building it, I've just rarely ever seen business leaders that shied away from wanting to help learning and talent leaders go build a business case, especially if there's an identifiable impact on their business. If there's no impact, then no reason for the business case. Right. I'm going to find it, especially in this day and age of rapid development of skills, move to just-in-time learning. How are we doing more adaptive learning and simplifying the entire education and learning process? 
those type of things are going to cost a little bit of money, but they're going to also have an incredible Blame. impact. So how do you pull the business case together uh, becomes important. So when we look at that, that uh, all of this begins to fit together yep. and says, gosh, at this moment in time, we're coming on the backside, hopefully, of the pandemic. Um, we've got a lot of things that change, new ways we're interacting with people. Now's a great moment to go spend the time and the effort to evaluate your learning and talent ecosystem and begin to build the business case to make the changes that are going to solve the business problems that your CEO, your COO, and your CFO are looking to be solved. Yep. Yep. That's great. So one before we wrap up, one very quick question that I feel like I'm probably setting up you guys for your favorite answer of most questions, but try not to give it to me. <laughs> when I'm looking at this process, whoever, you know, as, a, as an executive or, or as a leader in my learning and talent um, or organizational development organization, how much time should I spend on the evaluation process? What is it going to take for me to get this done? You can't sit there and evaluate for the whole year because things won't move forward, right? It's easy to kind of just keep that moving along. So what time frame should I put on this process typically uh, I know it, it depends on a lot, but typically, what should I expect? I'm actually the- not going to give you that answer. Okay, great. I have a think? very specific answer. Uh, you should spend up to and no more than 30 days. Okay. You need to do it within one month period of time. Targeted. Too many things are going to change right. if you make it any longer than that, and you're not going to give yourself enough time if you do less than that. Yep. So go pick 30-day window to be able to go evaluate the technology and be very focused, very specific. Reach out for help. Mm -hmm. There's people that have done this a lot before. There's Blue Water, there's companies like Blue Water. Ask for assistance and guidance. We're happy to help you, others are happy to help you, but if you haven't done it before, make it it easier by getting some help. Um, But I think 30-day window, if you spend any more than a 30-day window, now you're going to make it too complicated. And the impact, your opportunity to have an impact anytime soon is not going to be there. So Mm -hmm. very specific. 30-day window, no more, no less, go get it done. Great. I think, yeah, anything more than that will will keep those wheels spinning and not not get any traction moving forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So great. Appreciate it. Thanks for the direct answer. I was kind of expecting it. It depends. There, <laughs> nope. Nope. Very specific on that one. That's perfect. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think right now it's probably tough for anyone to get uh, a commitment to getting something done in 30 days. But this is probably one of the more important things that people are trying to focus mm-hmm. on right now. So if you can find those those four weeks in 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 your you know next quarter to, to really focus on that evaluation process, I think there'll be tons of benefits for you. And as Chris said, if you need help getting started, if you're halfway through and getting stuck or want help running through the whole process with you, Blue Water is always here to help. We partner with our clients to care for and develop their people for the future of the business and the transformation of the world every day. Uh, So we love to partner with you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Chris, Tiffany, thanks so much for your expert opinions and thoughts and recommendations as always uh it's always so much fun to sit down and get to talk through this for a couple hours so uh thanks again we look forward to checking out what we're going to talk about next time i think we're still workshopping that but it's going to be some great content so be sure to like and subscribe us uh and give us a comment give us a rating we'd love to hear what you're thinking how you're feeling and what we could potentially talk about with you or, or, or for you in the future 
Um, send us an email. I'm going to put Tiffany's home phone and cell phone on the description for this one. I'm open for it. So you can just call her and, and anytime. Uh, you know, anytime keep the conversation going. So do you even have a landline anymore? No. Okay, never mind. Just the cell phone. It'll be on there. Text her, call her, anytime, day or night. You know, Midnight's just throw my address on there, too. Okay, yeah. They swing by. You can go see your goats. The number is 1-800-I-GOT-GOATS. <laughs> So check us out. We we appreciate you listening, uh, and we will catch you next week. And have a great evening, day, morning, or whenever you're listening. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.